It's almost 9.30, and it's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers. I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Linda Perkins. Good morning. Good morning, Marianne. I've got my apron on. (laughs) You've got your apron on. (laughs) What's cooking? (laughs) Well, uh, I was just talking to Dylan before we started, and he thinks we should have some theme music. Does he? It's, you, you know, we used to. I know. It's been a long time since we had a contest about theme music, but I really think that you seven out there should think up a song for us. And I don't want some song written by Bruce Springsteen or something like that, you know, cooking in the USA. No, that's not what I want. I want you to write a song. You write a song and you get it Ooh. to us. <laughs> You know why we quit p- playing theme music? Because we used to just you, pull it, something out of it the... It uses too much time. Yes. Yes. And we're, as it is, we can't shut up, you know. I mean, like, <laughs> seriously, that's a 30 seconds we do not have to spare. I know, but I just want to see what people have to say. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we want demo tapes. Yes. <laughs> I guess not tapes. We couldn't probably even oh, play I them Oh, I know. Then. That ages us, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Get out my mortar and pestle in my, my, <laughs> my wood-fired stove. <laughs> well, what is cooking? Well, I have been thinking lately about, um, and and maybe because I, I've read a bunch on the internet just about it, just the, the, the workload that cooking, um, being able to be a home cook kind of... Um, um, mix and 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 there's so much that we internalize and usually it says women I don't I really don't know a man who does all the shopping all the planning you know gets all the dishes gets all the pots and pans organizes everything and does all the cooking I don't and I'm, I'm not trying in any way to be sexist certainly I don't know a woman who like poor Dale, you know, <laughs> takes care of all the cars and, and, and fixes them when we maybe drop a tranny <laughs> and all the things that I've done, you know, and, and yeah. so I'm not saying that there's not a workload for men. I mean, Dale takes care of the yard. He does the cars. He, um, there's a lot that, that it is analogous for him too, because like, if you think about the yard, there's, there's fertilizer, there's keeping the weeds at bay, keeping the, the vermin at bay, you know, just what he knows to keep the moles out of our yard. You know, that's not something that I know how to do, but with cooking, you know how you have to, you have to do all the shopping and you have to know what you have on hand. And you also have to know what you have on hand when it's going to expire. And you have to, keep keep in your head you don't have to but it's a really good idea to to know what's going to be on sale and 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 what you you can save money on and and then um you have to have the right pans and you have to have the right dishes and the right serving utensils and there's just really such a workload that is associated with it i understand why so many people just don't want to do it you know well it's a workload on top of what for most people is a workload yeah you know if you're working 8 or yeah. if you live uh, if you live in the lower Columbia on either side of the river, odds of you working more than one job to make ends meet mm-hmm. are very high. Yes. So uh, Coastal properties. <laughs> it, it is just, uh, it's a hard thing yeah. to d- get excited about unless you're just, unless it's just something you love. Yeah. And the pleasure of it is a, almost a relaxation. Because I've been going through cookbooks because... Um, 
um, I got new bookcases. Yay! So oh I'm my God. I know. Did you add a room? I mean, <laughs> no, no, I should, yeah. But um, no, the guest bedroom is now a library. <laughs> In case people who want to come and stay want to read. <laughs> but um, I mean, seriously, the whole, two walls are bookcases. So um, um, anyway, I've been going through cookbooks, that, and there was just one who was talking about how to make. Um, um, I think it was Sunday suppers at Lucia's. So if I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but um, she she was saying that that you have to do what you need to do to make food not or cooking not work or drudgery, but to make it a creative process. And her, her big thing was mise en place, where you get everything out and ready that you're going to use in your dish dish. And that's true. It does make it much easier to have like a flow in your cooking to have it be enjoyable you know you've got everything right there you're not like oh where's the cheese you know <laughs> you're not you're not doing that I don't have any cheese what do I do what can I substitute I cannot substitute chocolate you know <laughs> and um um but but then I started thinking it's just so much more than mise en place because you have to have the dishes you have to have the kitchen organized you have to have well have, you've yeah, you've there's pots and you've everything. totally skipped the most important thing which what? is you have you have to know how to make something yes yes and and you don't have yes. to have all the dishes and all the pots and pans you you could get by on very little yeah but you have to know how to use them and you have to yeah. like that you know yeah. have, have tried different pots and know that that one is going to work for everything yes you know and you're right and and that is just analogous to how dale knows how to fix all this stuff for the cars yeah there is that that giant <laughs> bank of knowledge that you have to acquire so i understand why so many people don't like to cook it's just there's such a hurdle to overcome to all that knowledge and well it helps really a lot if work. you've grown up with somebody who cooks. Yes, yes. Um, because then it just seems like the most natural thing in the world to do. And I think that the mise en place is key for mm -hmm. me uh, because the ritual of setting everything out it sets in motion this very pleasurable experience of, of being able to now just create it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it makes it, she is right. It is what makes it... Um, um, possible to be a creative process. Yeah. I'm making this. Is this part balanced? Is this part right? Is there enough salt? Is there enough acid? Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing is you got, you, you have to care. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know, if you're just really tired at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's hard to care, which is why I think that things like 30 minute meals are so popular. Mm -hmm. I think it's why microwaves are like in every kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, because, there's very little time, even if the desire might be there, to do something like that. And, and it's why so often, and I, I know I talk about this all the time, but if I'm cooking, I make one for us and then one for the freezer. And then I know that if I'm if I'm tired, and that is such a, a, um, a, a speed bump, you know, to, yeah. uh, if, if I'm tired, if I'm worn out, then I just pull it out and I, I thaw it out and it's ready. Yeah, I think that that's really a good way to not only save time and energy, but just to always have something inspirational, mm -hmm. you know, in the wings. And in the winter, it's so much easier to stock the freezer because mm -hmm. you don't, it, it's not too warm mm -hmm. to be cooking. Um Soup, 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 soup. Yeah. <laughs> soup. <laughs> soup and bread, soup and salad. Uh, yeah. Ooh, I know, said, that's true. You said salad. Yeah. So I've been going through my cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hear. I saw a salad for persimmons. You know, the, not those 
ones that get mushy, but those ones you eat crunchy, the ones that look more like a tomato. Yeah. Um, for that kind of that is it fuyu or something like that, but um, that kind of persimmon and um, pomegranate salad. You squeeze the juice out of the pomegranates. To, doesn't that sound delicious? Yeah, it sounds really good. Anyway, I think I'm going to try it. I haven't yet, but I was really excited to see that. Um, you know, you know, are persimmons still out there? I saw them at the co-op in the past week, so okay. I'm, I'm hoping that they still are. Yeah. I know that the mushy ones, the, the ones that are shaped more like a Roma tomato that start with H instead of F, are, are not there. <laughs> yeah. Because I was looking for those. <laughs> the ones that start with H instead of F. I wish I could I just finished names. a jar of uh, persimmon jam that came via... Uh, Matt at uh, Forage and Farm, and it was so good. I saw when that came in his CSA. Oh, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen persimmon jam before. It was lovely. I gotta say. Well, um, what are you cooking? Let's see. Um, well, um, you know that I love to grill. Yes. And so um, I got a rack of lamb. No. When I said lamb, what I meant was pork. <laughs> a rack? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, You know big. what? I, I see them, yeah, just at, at um, Christmas. And so it's like, this is the one, and I'm sure there's a name for it. It just says rack of pork, but it's the chops that are analogous to the ribeye. On oh, beef, right, you know, right, ones right. That look like that. So it's always eight of them when it's a rack of pork and they're together. And so... Um, Oh, I'm trying to think what it weighs. It's 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 not giant though, and so I've always cooked them at about oh 325, 350 degrees. So usually on the grill, I sear them first and then I cook them, and they're good. But I thought, what would happen if I cooked it like I cook ribs, like baby back ribs? And so what I did is I I took the rack of of pork and I put some oil on it, like I always do before I'm going to grill something, and then I um put fresh herbs, fresh mostly fresh basil um, that I word up in the, you know, I keep it in my freezer. Uh-huh. And so I guess it's not really fresh, but I, I word up in the food processor and I, I put it with some um, oil, some um, olive oil, and then I put it in the freezer. So a paste of that and then um, um, fresh thyme and fresh rosemary. And I, I spread that with salt and pepper on the on the rack of pork. And then I put it on a cold grill. So I have a propane burn grill and it has four burners so i i turned three burners to low and i left one burner off and that is where i put the pork because when i make ribs i just turn two burners on and then um um i leave two off and i put the ribs in the middle where the two middle burners are off so that's how i cook them low and slow i didn't want to have two burners off because i thought it would take maybe four days to cook that thing and i didn't want to do that so the grill was pretty consistently at about 255 degrees and and thermometers and grills are so off and off but that's what mine said so three burners on low one burner off and it took about two hours but you know how ribs um so when i cook ribs I take the meat to about 185, 188 degrees, you know, when you put a thermometer between the bones. But this, I just took it till it was done, which was about 150 degrees. I knew that when I took it out, it would come up about another five degrees. And so um, I took it off at about 150 degrees and it was so tender and so delicious. It was just great. And it did have a texture a lot like ribs do. It wasn't so fall off the bone, but how when you want them to have just a, just not be disintegrating, you know, yeah. it was really, really good. So then I did another one. I mean, really soon soon after, like the same week, where I um, put um, just like barbecue spice on it with oil, salt and pepper, and then grilled it exactly the same way. And then the last 10 minutes, just like I do 
ribs, I put barbecue sauce on it, not thickly, but thinly um, to, to get like a lacquer on it. And so I did that where once on each side and then again on each side to get the lacquer. And it was also just really delicious. I'm going to cook that rack of pork that way from now on. Wow. It was really, really good. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself as I look out the window and it's drizzling, <laughs> that, are you like out there under an umbrella? Well, no, because, I mean, we have one of those awnings, you know, those retractable oh, awnings. Yeah. But if I put that on, I know for sure I'd set it on fire. Oh, okay. So that's <laughs> so funny. So the first rack of pork, I have the grill hot, right? And so I had some beef ribs. And so I thought I would just, um, I got, I have the grill hot. I'm just at the very end. I'm going to cook those. And so um, uh, just while we were eating dinner, I just had those on the grill. They take maybe 12 minutes. So anyway, so I went out because I knew they were done and I opened up the grill. Holy fire. Oh, my God. It was just it was really something. And so anytime I run into the house screaming Kevlar, <laughs> I was like, oh, because I the next thing I usually say is get the broom because it, the fire is so big. I need the broom to open up the, the grill, you know, and I have Kevlar gloves for this kind of situation. But what what happened was I. I That's just terrifying that I you're know, prepared. I know. I know. Oh and it. It, it maybe happens, you know, once every 18 months, but I just, the, the, the pork had cooked so slow, but a lot of fat had come off of it and it had dripped down into the pan below. And then when I turned the grill way up for the beef ribs, that's what happened. It just all ignited. So anyway, that was really excited. But, um, before I yelled Kevlar, I'm like, they're done. You know? <laughs> But oh. Dale didn't care, you know that uh, that charred flavor is good. I, I I burnt some cookies this week, and and I I like that charred flavor, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. And you know, then there's the excitement. So uh, oh yeah, oh, double yeah. bonus. Yes, yes. Like a stress <laughs> test. I don't need to take any of that kind of thing. Doesn't oh. matter. <laughs> have one every 18 months. <laughs> but that's why I don't put the awning out. I just, you know, put a hat on. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Well, uh, I think since I've seen you, my cooking experiences have been so mundane. <laughs> nothing has, nothing has. Not as exciting. Flamed out. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Nothing's blown up. I haven't cooked in the rain. Have you ever cooked anything that blew up? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. No. And and that's why I don't have an Instapot or, or a pressure cooker. Both of my grandmothers had significant injuries from pressure cookers blowing up. And I know that they're much better now, but it's, it's, but no. You're, no, yeah, you're not, no. huh? Okay. It's in my genetics. Have. I have cooked with pressure cookers and I do own one and I, I have not had any yeah. tragedies thus far. Yeah. And I don't know anybody. I don't use it very often. Yeah. I'm tuna, canning tuna. Oh, no, I'm not canning tuna. Oh, okay, but that's really all that, that we use it for. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And by we, I mean Dale and his son, because it's a pressure <laughs> cooker. I'm not involved. <laughs> my genetics. <laughs> I uh, I am not interested in, in anything that requires anything more than a water bath can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just not. I bought a brand new pressure canner a couple oh, really? years ago, and then I donated it to the North Coast Food Web because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I love that. I don't want to. And the other thing is that there's two of us in the house. How yeah. much preservation do I yeah, need to yeah. do? You know, I'll yeah. throw a few things in the freezer, but I don't need to. Uh, I probably have pickled beets on the in the pantry from ought to. I don't ought even to. know. <laughs> it's It's been a long time. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah. I should remind everybody that this is Food Talk, and that Food Talk is a co-production of Coast Community Radio and North Coast Food Web. I'm Marianne Myers, and I'm here with Linda Perkins, and we're talking about home cooking, although we haven't talked about actual cooking too much. Well, I I, I made that thing that you talked about last time we were on the radio, that, that um, mint relish that you made with lamb. Oh, right. Yeah, I got a leg of lamb, and, um, you know, I, um, I really don't like lamb or I thought I didn't like lamb and I know that I have probably had um, most of my life very mutton like things and that's probably why but just lately I am I'm I I am really liking it so I read and I don't know that it's true that um but um it has worked for me that um like New Zealand um Australian type lamb is a lot gamier than the lamb that's here in America and so I've been buying lamb from Oregon and it's just I am just really really liking it so I made a leg of lamb I roasted it in the oven on a rack um like the rack that I would use for turkey or um uh, prime rib and um um, I, I, oh, I can't remember what recipe I used, but something off the internet, just, you know, rubbing it with, with fresh herbs and oil and then um, putting it on this rack. But somebody in the comment section of the recipe said to put potatoes and parsnips and carrots underneath and, and the thing roasted for like two and a quarter hours. And I thought, wow, that's a long time for little baby potatoes to go because often if they go way too long, they just get really leatherly, leatherly. That's a word. <laughs> It is, I swear. <laughs> and so, um, but I did it, even though it was in the comment section, it wasn't in the the um, um, recipe. And so because there was just a little bit of juice from the lamb in the bottom of the pan, oh, they just turned out so good. Like like when you are roasting a duck and you put potatoes underneath and that duck fat just roasts them just perfectly. Yeah. They were delicious. Anyway, what I did is I made that relish you talked about with fresh mint and a little bit of lemon and honey and um, shallots. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, it was, and Dijon, it was actually, I forgot the Dijon, <laughs> but it was still really, really good. And that's yeah. way, way better than the mint jelly. Oh, much better. I yeah. think mint jelly is a, um, it's a poor excuse for jelly. Yeah, somebody on the internet, and you know it always tells the truth, <laughs> said that the mint jelly is just apple jelly with green dye. Well, <laughs> I think it's got some mint, it, yeah. whatever, yeah. flavoring yeah. in there. But it is always, when you look at recipes for making mint jelly, they always start with apple jelly. Okay. Um, so I, I just think it's a really um, sad way to... Uh, ruin apple jelly and mint. <laughs> it's like so efficient. Yeah. You've ruined them both. And my apologies to everyone who loves mint jelly, but... Uh, no, no, that mint relish was great. Yeah. It was just like lamb gremolata, you know? Exactly yeah. like gremolata and uh, good with other things. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't have your recipe. And so it was just what you said on the radio. So I took a lot of mint and I topped it up. And then the juice of a lemon, I put a little zest in there. And then one shallot, it wasn't a very big shallot. And then um, olive oil. Uh, salt and pepper. I put some honey in there. And then you said Dijon, but I forgot that. But I bet it would have been really good. Garlic? Oh, yep. Just a tiny, tiny bit of garlic. I, yeah. I had just a little piece frozen. You know, I have it frozen in the yeah. um, freezer flat in court bag. So I just broke off what probably was like a third of a clove because I was worried about it being overpowering. Yeah. But it was good. It is good stuff. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to um, do some... Um, halibut tomorrow really at, how are you gonna do it 
Well, I'm going to try something I saw on Jacques, Jacques Pepin. Okay. And I will let you know how it turns out, but I can't ima- imagine that it wouldn't be delicious. And he did it with a sole, like a Dover sole okay. or a New England okay. um, sole. Mm-hmm. So really thin fillets. And okay. I'm just going to um, fillet, I'm just going to cut the um, halibut into thin layers. And then do you know what you do then? Yes. he t- th- This was like a g- Good Food Fast or whatever that okay. show is he does. Um, I he, he took a can of the uh, fried onions, mm-hmm. you know, the f- French Crispy fried onions. Yes. Yeah. And just processed them huh. so that they were the panko or whatever. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes. And then uh, just did an egg wash, a real light egg wash, and breaded them with these uh, whirred up crispy onions and sauteed them in a little butter and oil and squeezed some lemon on top. And it really looked fabulous. Okay, what a great idea. Yeah. So just so you, my seven listeners, know the difference between me and Jacques Pepin, when I am getting all creative with breading, I wore up uh, nacho Doritos. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, yes. I got wow. a nephew that won't eat anything voluntarily. And so if I if I put the nacho Doritos and break them all up, you know, usually I use a rolling pin in a, a, um, a bag. A bag, yeah. And I make a breading out of that. Then he'll eat chicken fingers. <laughs> but that's the difference between me and Jacques Pepin. Wow. <laughs> I can't imagine that that would make me want to eat anything, but I'm not a big Dorito fan. So So there's um, meaty uh, whitefish, and this is something that I do most often with sturgeon, but sturgeon, we haven't had it for several years now. Um, um, It's a thing called plate cooking. Have you ever heard of that? Okay, so um, I will take a meaty whitefish, like halibut or or, um, even meatier is... Um, sturgeon and then I pound it I it's I make a pie yard so I pound okay. it so it's thinner um, and then um, uh, what I do is I make a broth and I make it out of vegetable stock and um, I put in garlic and um, chili peppers just a little bit of, of uh, like a hot Thai chili pepper garlic cilantro um, uh, like one sliced tomato or one fresh tomato diced up and then um, ginger lots of ginger lots of garlic and cilantro and then I make this broth and so I pound a pie yard till it's like a quarter inch thick of this um, 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 fish and I don't have fancy plates so what I use are Pyrex pie plates and I put them in the oven and I get them hot like not blazing hot but you know um, I think I turned my oven to like 250 and then I take the plate out and I, I put a little bit of broth down so the fish doesn't stick I put the fish in there and then I cover it with broth and it cooks in in that in just covering with broth the fish is thick enough and it's called plate cooking and it doesn't get too chewy or weird or anything and so it's it's really delicious and it's just a a a really nice course in um a dinner that you're yeah nice it's it's almost poaching really yeah it is yeah Yeah, it's poaching yeah um marco Mm -hmm. chef marco does a fabulous uh poach of whitefish okay whatever kind we get a lot of fabulous petroli and that sort of thing around here. But yeah. um, he will put down a thick slice of onion, like maybe, I guess, a little more than a quarter inch thick, Okay. Um, in a saute pan, uh, put the fish on top, mm-hmm. put, uh, he usually uses white wine or champagne okay. for the um, 
broth, the, mm-hmm. the poaching liquid, and poaches it that way. And it is so, so delicious. He does a lovely little sour cream uh, sauce that's much more complicated than just sour cream. I, I mean, it's much more sophisticated, mm-hmm. but it, it um, is all very simple and so fast. But it's a stovetop. Uh, so is he like poaching the fish or, yeah. or is he steaming it? Um, like, like, is the onion like keeping the fish above the level of the the wine or champagne? Um, it is, boy. Or is it just keeping it from the pan heat? It's just keeping it okay. from sticking on the bottom okay. of the pan. Um, and you end wind up with a really uh, delicious slice of onion. But okay. the other thing uh, that I've seen, he's used other things like uh, cabbage or whatever is okay. available to have that layer be what a the protection. fish sits okay. on as opposed so to the, the bottom, bottom of the pan. So the bottom isn't cooking, the whole fish is poaching. Yep. Okay, so interesting. Yeah, when I want to do something sort of similar on the grill, I um, but not with liquid, just have the air everywhere. I use potatoes. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Potatoes are always a good idea, and they soak up all the flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I love potatoes under a roast chicken or any of that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Really good. Anna makes some scallop potatoes tomorrow, I think. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's winter, so and I wintry, haven't made yeah. them yet. Yeah. And um, I like them with ham or with um, lox or with... But I like just scallop potatoes, yeah. too. They're just a great side dish. Yeah. And I don't mind having the oven on. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to make the uh, Jacques Pepin's... Um, <laughs> the you know onion breaded fish i just think that it sounds really good and it probably would be delicious on chicken yeah i I can't wait to hear because it just seems so good and um um i know that it sounds stupid but that that nacho cheese dorito thing which was decades ago taught me that you can make breading out of pretty much anything that's true and um um Anyway, yeah. I mean, just, I've done it over leftover garlic bread. <laughs> just put it in that thing. <laughs> That's right. It, if you can grind it up, you can yeah. use it. Yeah. Saltine crackers make great, mm-hmm. really great breading. And I, I used to do those all the time uh, for um, razor clams, just the oh. saltine cracker breading. I don't know. They yeah. like the salt. Yeah. So, And they like the crunch. Yeah. And and they're so crunchy. They're yeah. like panko-y. Yeah. I was not at Egg Day uh, this last week at North Coast Food Web, which happens every Thursday from 9 to 4. So I don't know what I missed uh, in terms of what was there, but I know that the foragers came. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I bought some of his hedgehog mushrooms, and I've never cooked them before, but I just I put them in a, a warm spinach salad. It was good. And so um, um, I cleaned them, and then I didn't know... They have, um, they're not real big, but they have real pronounced gills. You know, I didn't yes. know that I was thinking about that, that thing we were talking about, you know, knowing how to cook the knowledge to cook. You would never know that you're supposed to take the gills out of portobello's unless you learn that it's not something that's evident. And so I thought, oh, I wonder if there's anything I'm supposed to know that I don't know about these. But then I'm like, oh, hell, I'm just going to cook them. <laughs> so, um, so I, I just sauteed them in butter and a little bit of garlic and then um they were they released so much more liquid than any other mushroom I've ever cooked so I just cooked them sauteed them and sauteed them until all the the juice was gone which was a while and then um um browned them up a bit and then um put them on the the warm spinach salad the wilted spinach salad and they were really good but yeah it's always an adventure cooking something you haven't cooked before you know i know and i love it there's that element of bravery of oh i'm just gonna put it in a pan and see what happens you know <laughs> <laughs> 
go. Here, honey. <laughs> bon appetit. <laughs> Hope you like it. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I mean, it's how we try new things, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's the way it is. You yeah. just have to sometimes, they're not all winners. Yeah. <laughs> that's all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to make the same three things all the time. And there are weeks. Yeah. Really, seriously, yeah. where you do make the same three things. What's that? It's a grilled cheese. We had that Wednesday, but it's Friday. <laughs> we had something in between. <laughs> I have been doing sandwiches lately because of the nature of leftovers. Yeah. And really, soup and sandwich is a pretty darn okay dinner on a win- you know cold night. Yeah, and if you plan your leftovers, you can make a pretty sophisticated sandwich yeah. in just like yeah. no time flat. You if know? you have roast chicken, mm-hmm. I've had uh, leftover meatloaf and meatloaf sandwiches mm-hmm. can be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, do you sear your meatloaf? No. Okay. For I a do. sandwich? Yeah, I like no. cut it into you know its piece and then I yeah. put it in a fry pan and I sear it so that it's, it's brown on both sides. I like that. I'll try that next time. Uh, one of the things that I almost always do to justify the, you know, or or maybe disguise would be a better word, <laughs> uh, the fact that I'm serving a sandwich for dinner is that I do make uh, garlic bread. I always make the sandwich bread, even if it's a roll, okay. into garlic toast okay. and then build the sandwich on it uh, just for... It's another level. Yeah, yeah. It's a texture and a flavor. And mm-hmm. also it eliminates the need for mayonnaise in a lot of things mm-hmm. um so it's uh, better than mayonnaise. B- but mostly it's just a ruse, <laughs> a ruse. <laughs> it's one minute before 10 o'clock linda perkins we no. have to be quiet see what this is my point about uh yes. theme music yeah i'm sorry but really we just don't have time <laughs> we don't have time <laughs> uh I, and i know john stevenson is in the house getting ready for um a lost highways, so we need to get ourselves off of here and on our way to um, headline news. Thanks so much. So nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Uh, you've been listening to Food Talk on Coast Community Radio, KMUN 91.9 FM, Astoria, Oregon, KTCB 89.5, Tillamook, Oregon, streaming at coastradio.org, and on your mobile using the TuneIn app.